Welcome to a new episode of HFIG Talks, a podcast produced by the Human Factors Interest Group at the University of Toronto. In this episode, we talk to Trevor Hall, Vice President of Safety and Risk Management at the Healthcare Insurance Reciprocal of Canada and FlexTime PhD student at the Interactive Media Lab at U of T. Trevor talked to us about his interesting career journey into human factors in healthcare, his current projects, and his vision for the future of human factors in patient safety. I'm Trevor Hall. I'm um, uh, the Vice President of Safety and Risk Management at the Healthcare Insurance Reciprocal of Canada. And I'm also uh, a FlexTime PhD student um, uh, studying under uh, Mark Chignall, Professor Mark Chignall, uh, as well as supervised by Professor Shu and Professor Turbovich um, at, uh, at U of T. So um, thanks so much for again for having me. Great, thank you. Um, and can you talk a bit more about your background and how you got into the career that you currently have? Yeah, um, how many how many days do you have? I think <laughs> um, it's a, it's an interesting one, uh, one that I think is uh, uh, is more of a journey than <laughs> than a destination. So I um, I started off as a as a as a firefighter, a part time firefighter, and um, uh, really. Uh, wasn't defined as human factors. Um, so a lot of uh, teamwork, um, a lot of uh, uh, heuristics that uh, you use to keep your yourself and your teammates uh, safe. Um, all of that I didn't think about and it was never labeled as this. This is human factors uh, at its finest. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, a colleague uh, passed away or died in a, a fire um, uh, trying to uh, protect property and life. And uh, that kind of started me on this journey of, well, in today's age, uh, why does someone uh, die because of their profession? Or what led uh, to, or what contributed to that, uh, to the, to that uh, amazing person's death? And um, from the coroner reports, from uh, talking with people, uh, a lot of it came down to systemic factors. So communications, um, protocols, uh, design of systems and technology. And all of that uh, impacts in these, these high risk environments. So um, uh, let's put someone into this, this suit, um, which limits uh, your, your hearing, uh, your ability to see. Uh, fires are extremely uh, dark. You can't see anything. They're extremely, extremely hot um, and it's fast, right? So uh, when you're inside fires, um, uh, you're really relying on uh, training and team, but more importantly, that safety design to keep you safe. And uh, that started my trajectory around saying and being curious around uh, what is safety and, and uh, how do we design that? Um, from there, that led me on, on many different paths. So I, I went to business uh, school and got a degree. Um, I uh, worked in industry a, a bit around that in, in consumer behavior and operations. Um, and then I kept on uh, thinking about a, um, a management a residency program that I did uh, during, that, uh, during that business degree at a hospital. So I got to work with a, uh, a senior team at a hospital and really fell in love with this idea of, of the complexity in which hospital operations are, but more so, how do you, how do you keep people safe? <laughs> and uh, what, does, what does quality of care mean? Um, so that started this whole idea around, okay, um, uh, what is healthcare? And I thought about uh, many different routes of what I could learn about healthcare, um, but I was really in awe and admiration of, of nurses. So I became a nurse. So 
um, uh, learned uh, healthcare at the front line and provided uh, provided care. Um, got to speak with the true end users, which are patients, and really around uh, how how does how does that impact um, uh, lives and and what role do we play? Um, so that kept going in my mind. Um, I was doing a lot of uh, uh, work still around. Uh, uh, fire services or adjacent fire services with advanced hazmat um, uh, stuff and uh, still kept gravitating to it around this uh, complex environment uh, stuff and I thought you know what um, I'll just keep on going so I picked up a few fellowships so I have a fellowship in quality improvement I also have a, um, a master of science um, that I focused on mass casualty incidents uh, and design of mass casualty incidents or what influences decision making in mass casualty incidents. And then uh, I also am a fellow of biosecurity. Uh, so the idea of the systems in which we design um, uh, around uh, uh, responding to, to these larger complex uh, incidents. Um, and that led me to uh, many different things. So I've worked in hospitals um, and uh, I um, have gravitated uh, towards uh, working at HEROC, um, which I uh, am so lucky to work with this amazing uh, team and colleagues around exactly that is how do you how do you design safety into the Canadian healthcare system? And uh, from that, um, through uh, Professor Chignall, uh, the Interactive Media Lab, um, we're working with uh, uh, Professor Shu and Professor Turbovich around um, uh, how do you enhance patient safety through persuasive design? And is there a way to learn from uh, medical error? And uh, as a uh, reciprocal, um, how do you take these um, uh, uh, incidents that have happened to Canadians and uh, across Canada and really take those learnings and apply them in real time to, to influence human behavior. So a really long, uh, uh, probably overly complex journey to get there. But I think, I think that's the neat point about human factors is um, I don't think there is one path to get there. And uh, I keep drawing back to those, those early, early days. I didn't even know it was human factors. That's uh, what I was falling in love with and uh, what, uh, what you use to keep yourself and others safe. Yeah, no, that is definitely a very long and interesting journey. I'd like to, to get to that, that, well, not even a destination. I think it's still ongoing. Um, but yeah, that's, a, that's what I've noticed from a lot of human factors, people in general, like they, they found human factors in a just very, I guess, like serendipitous way. Like, oh, there was, <laughs> like, I, I realized that I was doing human factors this whole time, or like I was interested in human factors this whole time. And that was what brought me here. So yeah, it's always interesting to see and like hear about people's past to human factors and how how they discovered it. Yeah, um, and yeah, thank you for that. This this is really interesting. And there's obviously this whole common thread of like wanting to design things for safety, um, and that that's like the main sort of theme of all of those different career directions that you've taken. Um, so yeah, so. I guess you might have touched on this a little bit, but um, what made you want to get into this human factors PhD program and how how exactly does it relate to, to your work uh, at HEROC as well? Yeah, no, no, thanks for that. And I think I think you're I think you're right. I think it's um, there's like this range of experiences which build um, uh, human factors and all these different toolkits that you can you can pull from. Um, 
I always uh, think of, um, of patient safety and why I wanted to do this flex time PhD um, was this idea of uh, how can we um, design safety or engineer safety into the healthcare system. And um, I, think, um, I think it's really important. So every year, um, there are um, patients and families and clinicians uh, that are, are harmed from preventable error. And even the word error is interesting. I don't think uh, or I don't believe that error is inescapable. So I think um, as humans, um, we, we make mistakes and uh, we work in complex industries and environments. And you know what? We don't always like to talk about our error. So it's very hard to say, hey, um, I did this. So is there a way that we can really learn um, from these incidents, um, but in a way that we can apply it in real time or a way to influence human behavior? And I think that's something that um, I've always been um, uh, very intrigued by. So uh, Professor Chignall's um, uh, Interactive Media Lab uh, does a lot of work around how do you how do you influence human behavior. Um, uh, Professor Shu's Psychology and Engineering Lab, uh, I think, is the root of of, of medical um, uh, error. So there's there's this great uh, paper um, by by Senders in 1994 that speaks to the idea. You know what? Um, uh, patient safety incidents isn't a medical uh, challenge. And of course it is, but it's more so this idea of a challenge of psychology and engineering. So it goes back to this idea of human behavior. So um, I really uh, wanted to uh, work with Professor Chignall. I uh, had a wonderful experience learning from Professor Shu. And Professor P Patricia Trevich, who's the chair of patient safety at North York General Hospital, um, has led um, a lot of this, uh, this tremendous work around how, how do you design safety and what does that look like? Um, on top of that, uh, HEROC, which, uh, uh, which is led by uh, uh, Catherine Galton, this amazing board of directors and a committed uh, teams, um, which at the end of the day is all about how, how do you keep people safe and uh, how, do we, how do we have those committed conversations on safety? So all that combined, um, the Department of Mechanical Industrial Engineering is, is amazing where you're able to do these flex time PhDs, where you're able to um, work with industry, you're able to work with academia, and together you're able to work on these really complex challenges. Um, and uh, I can't thank U of T Hirok, um, uh, Patricia, uh, uh, Professor Shu, and Professor Tignall for having these opportunities to uh, kind of explore this in real time. And I think that's the real key thing is um, how, how do you learn in real time? So these incidents are happening and uh, they continue to happen. Um, they're rare, uh, but impactful incidents. So the ones that may happen um, six times a year, but cause, cause loss of life or tremendous um, psychological impact to, to everyone. How do you prevent those? And I think the I think the answer lies within psychology and engineering. How do you design safety around those systems? So uh, a great partnership and one that's uh, very early on in the journey, but I think will hopefully continue to to keep being to being a, a journey along safety. Yeah, um, that's that's great. I think um, there are also so many interesting directions that it can take, and so many. And you mentioned you know a lot of interesting projects and challenges that you've been working on. Um, so maybe you can um, talk about a few examples of some of the projects and 
and how you think human factors helped, you know, inform um, the like your work on these projects. Yeah, no, th thanks. Thanks for that. So I think there's a lot of um, really unique uh, things uh, going on. Um, one is this, I think um, uh, we have a, a MyTax uh, 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 grant that is looking at really this idea of persuasive design. Um, uh, Caitlin Henderson, who's a master's uh, student at me, uh, is really uh, doing an amazing leadership around uh, looking at the current state of what is what is the knowledge around this and how do we impact? And that's what we'll use to move forward around um, how do we take uh, engineering and psychology foundations and and build that into uh, into practice or these safety design systems. So uh, more to come on that, and I think in the future. Um, but we're also doing a lot of really uh, great work. So uh, Professor um, Anthony Sangi, who um, is at me, uh, as well as uh, Stefano Jelmi, who's also a master's uh, student, who was a master's student, graduated uh, at me, are leading safety at HEROC and doing some cool work around. Um, uh, complex design. So um, what does it mean when um, you have a death by suicide um, while under care? So what, what influenced that death? So we're doing some work around uh, trying to move along those, those, those committed questions. Um, also a lot of great work, which I benefited from your expertise, um, uh, uh, Professor Jameson's expertise, I think around um, the question of what what is what is this idea around um, our, our perception of high risk medications, and uh, even though a medication may be high risk, um, do we perceive it to be high risk? And um, I have this wonderful um, uh, a joy in, in being a, uh, a director on the board for something called the Institute for Safe Medical Practices Canada, and their their role really in the system is is that is how do you how do you, how do you um, ensure that uh, there is great medication safety across Canada, but also across the world? And I bring that up because um, the challenges or the questions that I was asking with you is this idea of we have uh, a high-risk medication that we, we use quite commonly uh, in labor and delivery. Um, that's amazing that, that we use it, we need it, uh, but if we don't need it and we use it, um, does it have the potential for harm? And how do we ask those questions at the right moment to see if we're able to reduce that harm? And uh, a lot of the work that we do at HEROC is around that acknowledging risk. So risk doesn't go away. Um, but is there a way to either reduce that risk, transfer that risk, take away that risk altogether? Um, and uh, by doing those, those nudges or those steps, uh, does it arguably create safer systems? Um, so a lot of really cool stuff uh, going on around there. And I think also just... Um, uh, a lot of the other great questions that we uh, work with all of our subscribers, which are the uh, hospitals or the healthcare institutions across Canada, is how do we um, uh, take the great lessons or the great opportunities and designs that they are doing and share them across. So an instant, uh, the same incident can happen in, in Cornerbrook in Newfoundland that can also happen uh, in the Yukon or the Northwest Territories or in Alberta. Um, and how do we ensure in near real, real time that we're sharing those experiences 
Um, so a lot of really, really neat work around, uh, around how do we do that. And again, just a huge thanks to, to all of our subscribers as well as uh, all of uh, the frontline for, for doing that. Um, and as we were kind of uh, saying before we started this thing is the pandemic really has had an impact on that too, right? So how do you, how do, you do this remotely or how do, you, how do you be supporting in times where our healthcare system has been unsurmountable pressure and challenges, opportunities over the last two years? And um, I can't thank our frontline enough, but how, how, how do you continue to uh, design safety into the system? So in human factors, uh, the application to human factors is um, healthcare is a complex socio-technical system. So um, uh, like other industries, we, we can use some forcing functions, but at the end of the day, the user does make a lot of these, these clinical decisions or has a lot of that judgment to them. So if I circle back to the medication um, kind of uh, uh, challenges, we can design systems including um, uh, computerized order entry. We can close loop that all the way to have the even the high risk medication picked. We can have checks at the bedside to uh, ensure that it's going to the right person. Um, but risk and error still can occur. Um, and uh, how do how do we support that individual or how can we ensure that uh, that individual has the best possible experience to to conduct those 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 um, uh, those roles? And I think that's a large piece of of what we're trying to achieve. So, um, a lot of really uh, different, unique things happening. And I think for me, some of the coolest things is having that direct link to um, the front line, so our, our healthcare system, but also um, assisting with leaders of our healthcare system, so boards of directors of, of how can we support them in ensuring that safe systems are being designed and uh, being there uh, at the end of the phone sometimes is, is even good too, right? So. Um, so those are some some things. Yeah, no, those are all great examples. And I'm also thinking that, you know, you have this direct link to these frontline workers, but also you also have a certain level of experience or like domain knowledge and experience um, that maybe a typical human factors engineer might not have. Like they would learn about the field in which they're applying their human factors skills, but not necessarily have like firsthand experience in it. So how do you think, you know, your experiences as a firefighter and at, in business school or like that kind of training and your nursing training have informed um, your work as, as someone who's also applying human factors to these healthcare systems? Yeah, I, I love that question. So for me and for me only, I, I think um, a few things that I would always recommend is one is to uh, remain curious so I think um, uh, the, the human factors professionals or practitioners that I see are, are some of the most curious people around. Um, they're also generally um, the most persistent people around too. So th there's this combination between curiosity and persistence that I think is really uh, interesting and the idea of, of really wanting to understand um, how is work done versus how we, we imagine it. And um, uh, we imagine a lot of things, right? So um, uh, I think that's uh, really, uh, really interesting. Um, I think the other cool thing um, 
about having um, different experiences is you have those range um, range the range to understand what uh, others may be doing. So, for example, um, if we applied only management theory to hospital operations, it'd be it would be a huge challenge, right? So. Um, I love hospital operations in the sense that it's very complex. You don't know your budget really until the next year. You have to balance it and you really don't have the opportunity to stop the line. So um, it's very hard to say, you know what, I'm going to turn off people coming to the hospital. And you know what, just because we don't have the money, um, you can't, we're not going to see you. I'm sorry, you have to, you're going to have to just wait, right? And unlike any time in history, I think the healthcare system has arose to this challenge during the pandemic. So overnight, it was like having multiple mass casualty incidents for two years. Um, and uh, how do you, how do you remain adaptable? How do you um, uh, rethink um, systems and uh, how do you now that's on our minds how do you transitions from emergencies so this idea that um, it can't be an emergency forever um, uh, what is the what is the new normal and how do you how do you move how do you move that along so we may have made decisions during the pandemic with the best possible information we had at the time um, I think it takes a lot to change your mind. So another key thing that I love about how human factors come into this is you have to be able to be comfortable to change your mind. So just because you have a, an idea at one point of information, it doesn't mean you stick with it. I think you have to say, no, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm observing. This is what I'm hearing. Um, let's iterate on it. Let's, let's trial it. And I think being able to position your own mind and your own biases I think are really important to human factors. And I think that's where that uh, applying it from different fields of study may, may be important. Um, I think I learned a lot from students too. Like we had this really great um, uh, partnership with uh, HVIG and some uh, really amazing uh, teams from Ryerson and, and um, uh, U of T at me around uh, design competitions around patient safety. And I think uh, watching um, the students tackle some of these really complex issues without having industry knowledge or specific uh, knowledge of, of healthcare uh, was really cool to see how you still apply um, the human factors toolkit. And um, from there, uh, again, the ability to ask questions, the ability to stay with it, I think really, uh, you come out with tangible um, uh, insights and opportunities to trial. Um, all that to say is during the pandemic is each equally challenged, right? Because you're also trying to leverage of what we normally would do is go watch, um, go observe um, uh, and apply the skill that we develop over time. Uh, it's also, it may be more challenging to do that in a virtual environment. And uh, really, I think uh, uh, it's something to say that over time, um, I've seen the term human factors used more in healthcare, which I think is absolutely brilliant. Um, and I think that uh, as we go along, if you're watching some of these dedicated um, academic programs are starting to bring these principles more to the forefront of what, what, what is human factors in, in healthcare? Why, why do we see that as such an important skill set? And, and it has been, and, and a lot of this has been led by um, University of Toronto and me around, uh, around embedding this into the system. So um, I'm a huge uh, uh, 
and very grateful. Like, like th- I'm very thankful for for those leaders within those fields for doing that. I still think um, I always I don't know uh, I always laugh a little bit of why we call it human factors. I don't know. <laughs> I still think it's kind of like people still um, don't understand it a lot of the times, uh, and I'm wondering if it's the terms of it. So I don't know if you've ever seen the American Office, but there's always this idea uh, around what is done to Mifflin, and there's this great scene where uh, Jim suggests that maybe uh, they sell mittens or muffins, and he doesn't really <laughs> challenge the idea. I kind of feel like human factors is that that after a while, it's like okay. Um, Sure, we're not human resources, but uh, if you if you if you if you'd like to think that we are, <laughs> then that's fine too, right? And I think it's um, where I put it in my mind is it's like an elevator. No matter where that user or that person may be at, you'll meet them on that level. So some may be here, some may be here, some may be over here, or over here. And I think that's the cool piece is that if you think about it as an elevator that is vertically and <laughs> horizontally, <laughs> you, you can meet people where they're at. And I think that's another huge great human factors toolkit um, application. But uh, I'm a huge proponent of, of staying curious, uh, stay persistent, and uh, there's no direct path in life. And I think really enjoying that moment, enjoying the journey and applying that. So action is absolutely key as well, um, that we get where we need to go, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, so interesting stuff. Yeah, thank you so much for that. And I think this also touches a bit about, uh, touches a bit on, you know, the next uh, question that I wanted to ask you, which was um, because you did mention some students who were involved in this patient safety competition. Um, so I was wondering what advice would you have for current students, potentially like undergrad or graduate students who are interested in working at this like intersection of healthcare and human factors and safety, right? So what, what would you advise them to, to do or what kind of advice do you have for them? Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, a few things that come immediately to mind with anything that I do is um, one is be kind. And I, I think that um, means many different things. So one is be kind to yourself. Uh, as a student, um, we, uh, it's a really exciting uh, amazing time, but it also can be stressful too sometimes because you're not sure uh, what you're trying to do. You're learning all these advanced concepts and this idea of, well, how does it actually apply to what you may be doing? So I think it's one is being kind to yourself, being in that moment of learning and um, uh, being kind to others. And I think I think also when you are in that state of kindness, um, be open to opportunities that come along too, right? So I think by doing these competitions, um, by potentially volunteering, by reaching out to people, um, in my experience, people generally want to help and people um, generally uh, will want to support you in what you're doing. Um, now that's not always the the answer, but but on, but generally people are very supportive, and um, I've always found. Uh, now I was raised in uh, healthcare, and I think uh, I've always found people very supportive. So if people are looking to get into this field, um, uh, I'm always uh, open, of course, to talk to people. Our teams are always open. Um, there's a lot of really great opportunity. Even your local hospital or your local healthcare uh, organization are always uh, interested in chatting. And uh, this skill set is becoming more known and, and, and very much appreciated. Um, so, so one, this idea of kindness, uh, two, is being open to opportunities as, as they come in. Um, and 
the, the one of the the more challenging pieces I think is like how, how do you action this? And um, sometimes um, I think that we may uh, wait to try. And um, uh, successes I think are when obviously potentially when things go well. So you did something and it it, it had a desired effect. Um, I think failure is wisdom. So I, I like to fail. I know it sounds terrible, but I think <laughs> I learned a heck of a lot more um, when I'm dying that thousand deaths <laughs> of, of trying to figure out how it went wrong or what I did wrong or other things. But um, I, I think that's the best way. And that's where wisdom comes from. And um, that's exactly where I'm at today is I want to take um, these learnings um, from medical error or these complex system problems and apply them across a large system so that we're able to all learn collectively together. Um, and I think that's where safety wisdom comes from. Um, so again, for students, uh, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, but also be open to, to opportunities, but be open to failure too. Failure is always an option. <laughs> I think, I think it's a great option. So, um, yeah. And the last piece of advice that I always have, and I don't know if it's human factor specific or not, but it's this idea that, uh, I learned very early on is never be uncertain alone. So, uh, much like, uh, uh, being in a fire, um, you know what, you want to learn about that fire before you're in the fire and you really want to learn from people that understand that fire. So, um, so, so those would be some things. Um, so be kind, uh, again, to you, to yourself, to others, be open to, um, opportunities, uh, fail fast. And I think really this, this idea of, um, of, 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 uh, never be uncertain alone. Like it's, uh, uh, a few things to, for consideration. Yeah, no, that's all great advice. Definitely. I agree with you that, you know, failure is sometimes inevitable and you just have to learn from it, right? And that's also something that we encounter a lot in research. And, yep. you know, if you're a grad student or someone who's doing research, but, you know, anyone who's in any career is like exposed to this possibility of failure, right? That's so important to um, learn from that and take it as an opportunity yeah, to, to improve. Um, and yeah, definitely. I think, especially in this community that we're in, um, I, I think there are so many opportunities to like reach out to people, to learn from them, to um, just get the chance to, you know, apply the knowledge that you have and also acquire just new knowledge. So I think, um, I think there are definitely a lot of opportunities there. So, and, and most, if not all of the people I've met in this community have been very helpful and willing willing to Absolutely. provide so much advice and wisdom of their own. So that's great. It's, um, a, it's a really great, it's a great community. And again, yeah. um, just uh, both academia industry, really, really phenomenal people, right. That are all looking. And I think about your, your journey question is still really unique to me. Uh, it's kind of like when you're saying about, um, I thought I had an understanding of maybe what a PhD was here, but it kind of goes like this, right? And uh, who knows where it takes you. And uh, I think life is like that too. And same thing with with experience. And um, I think being open to that uh, likely will make the journey uh, much more much more joyful. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, no, of course. Yeah. Um, so I think one, one question I have is, um, you know, there have been obviously a lot of, changes and effects and impacts of the COVID pandemic on the healthcare system. And that has been impacting your, your work in, in many different ways. Um, and it's also been 
And you also mentioned, you know, that it has ramped up this application yeah. of human factors as well into healthcare and into um, designing safety or like healthcare safety. Um, so how do you see that progressing now that, you know, we've been in this pandemic for two years, uh, we've obviously learned a lot more. And as you said, you know, you have to adapt uh, and learn based on the new information that you get. So how do you see that progressing into the future? How do you see the future of healthcare safety going and how does human factors play into that? Yeah, um, so I'm I'm completely biased, uh, but I, I I think healthcare um, again there's there's it's very complex. There's many components to it. I think psychology and engineering are um, uh, very much uh, will be positioned well um, in the future, and already are. I think we build upon uh, the shoulders of these great leaders, um, including those uh, at me um, and in the field. Uh, around how do we continuously uh, step forward, we'll step back, we'll step sideways, but how do we keep on going? Um, the application of human factors, I, 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 it won't, I don't think it won't go away. In my mind, it will only be stronger. And I think um, uh, how do we ask these questions or how do we have these committed conversations on what impact is? So um, is impact um, life saved? is impact dollars saved, is impact uh, better experiences. Sure, um, but what does that mean for action? So we can, we can have all these plans and uh, I think today, today is today, we need, we need to act now. And how do you action that safety of what you know? How do you take the information that you have now and be open to changing your mind in the future? I think that's where we'll see a lot of progression. Um, I can't thank the healthcare system enough for what they're doing and what they'll continue to do and what they've done. Um, it's a challenge, right? So you have you have a pandemic that has lasted two years. It will continue to last two years. There's this general gestalt reflection around disaster experts that if your incident is uh, like two hours, well, it'll probably take you six hours to clean up. So kind of like this threefold. So if you think about two years of a pandemic, if we apply that general rule, well, is it going to be six years that we're still kind of working through it? And that may be an underestimate, right? Is like, um, how, how do we transition from, from pandemics and what does that look like? I think um, there's some real key things that we should, that we are having conversations on, but uh, it still requires a lot of uh, committed um, uh, uh, looking into. So for example, um, when the healthcare system c continues to cover, what does it actually mean? So um, who are the clinicians that uh, will remain in healthcare? Um, how do we support um, they, they, those healthcare human resources to, to do their job? How, how do we heal um, uh, from this? Um, how do we have these conversations on uh, these complex questions such as ventilation? So I think um, human factors engineers as well as engineers in general have really been uh, doing a tremendous job talking about, hey, the, the theory around ventilation hasn't changed. Let, let's talk about how we can apply it. Um, or masking um, uh, in the intersection of a public health measure um, to airborne. So one recognizing that uh, uh, it is airborne or what methods can we use uh, to, to help safe, provide safe care. Um, 
I think all these things will will come into it, but I think we have some tremendous challenges ahead. So healthcare, human resources, um, uh, another thing that uh, is always present within healthcare is cyber risk management. So um, the more we become uh, technologically inclined, uh, what does that mean for experience and uh, for human factors? Um, wow, what an exciting area is cyber risk management. So um, cybersecurity, cyber risk management, uh, my heart, and again, I'm biased, is about design. If it doesn't, if it's not a good design for um, the end user, well, of course, it'll be a challenge to, to keep uh, or reduce risk around cyber. Um, but now we've become very much technologically uh, inclined. And I think uh, maybe there's a lot of opportunity for design to, to continue to catch up. So um, I really do feel, you know, that um, human factors, if we continue to call it that, uh, will, um, will still remain. It's existed for many, many years before. We just didn't know what it, maybe I, I didn't know what it was. And I think that we use those principles uh, throughout. But we're seeing uh, human factors, uh, practitioners being involved uh, uh, across academia, in industry, on the ground. And uh, what a wonderful time. I think it's really, really great, great stuff coming. Yeah, that's great and very exciting. Obviously, so many different directions for this kind of work. So for anyone who's looking to enter into the field and they're interested in working in, in this intersection of human factors and healthcare, there are definitely a lot of opportunities for them. I think so. Um, I think so. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have anything else for you today, but maybe if you have any final comments or anecdotes that you'd like to tell our listeners or just any, any just final thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, no, just a, a huge thanks to, to, to you and uh, to HFIG and uh, to, to the faculty. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's really great to share these experiences. Again, I, I, I'll leave with this idea again around being kind to yourself and others. I think that's the most important thing we can do prior to pandemic, but also post-pandemic. Um, and uh, stay curious and persistent. And uh, thank, you for, thank you for being in the field. I think we need more people that uh, will ask these questions. And um, uh, it really is uh, a, an outstanding thing to apply engineering and psychology to healthcare. Thank you, Trevor, for taking the time to talk with us about your interesting career and projects. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this discussion and stay tuned for another episode coming soon.